Welcome to Answer the Call. I'm your host and go-to career coach, Kelsey Kemp. You're tuning into the Job Library series, which is a bingeable collection of to-the-point interviews with a vast variety of professionals to help you gain the exposure and the detailed info you need to find a career path that you'll love. In this episode, you'll be hearing from Jenna Floyd, an aquarist at the Texas State Aquarium in our dear hometown of Corpus Christi, Texas. If you ever dreamed of working at SeaWorld and swimming with Shamu as a kid, which I mean, didn't we all? And this is, by the way, before, of course, that movie Blackfish came out and apparently we learned that that wasn't cool. (laughs) But anyway, if you ever dreamed of things like that, you will love hearing all about Jenna's job, which in this job, she gets to care for the animals at the aquarium and educate the public at an institute that cares so much about wildlife conservation and education. She dives in the tanks, she nurtures, feeds, and cleans up after the animals, she educates and connects with the visitors, and so much more. Her job is pretty cool. (laughs) Side note, if I sound a little bit spacey in this interview, I was still recovering from a fever at the time, but was still trying to power through, so please bear with me and feel free to chuckle with the future me that's currently editing this. (laughs) Anyway, I can't wait for you to hear all about Jenna's fascinating job and how you could build a career as an aquarist if you're interested. Enjoy! Okay, we are rolling. Jenna, I am so excited and honored to have you here on the podcast to talk about your experience um, working as an aquarist, if I said that correctly. (laughs) Yes, that's correct. Oh, perfect. Um, Which to me just seems like such an exciting um, type of job where you get to work at an aquarium and all this stuff. And I have so many questions about what that's actually like. And um, so thank you for being on and I'm excited to get cracking with the questions. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Woo. All right. Let's start with when did you graduate college and what did you earn your degree in? So I um, attended Texas A&M College Station, um, and I was a wildlife and fisheries major, um, emphasizing in ecology and conservation, um, and I graduated in 2016. Gig'em. And what post-grad jobs have you had, if any, or did you just go straight into this? So I actually, um, I graduated in August of 2016. So in May, I came home to finish one last online class and I just applied for an internship at the aquarium and I started um, there before I even graduated and then I got hired um, at the end of the summer. So that was actually my first job and it's now been just about four years um, at the aquarium. Sounds like it worked out nicely. And yes, yes, you were yes. at the Texas State Aquarium yes. uh, in Corpus Christi, Texas. Yes, our good old in our hometown. hometown. <laughs> yep, yep. Super yes. great. Um, so what are the different variations or specialties of what you could explore within? Well, what would you even call this profession or field of work? So that question was actually a little bit hard for me to think about because um, there's a lot of different things, I guess. Um, If you're talking about like marine biology as a whole, um, which I didn't even study, I studied kind of animals and conservation um, in a wider uh, view, but marine biology, you can go lots of other 
research routes um, and things like that. But we we get people from animal behavior training type of fields. Uh, but we have so many different avenues at the aquarium um, to get to get across our message. So there's education um, involved in that and lots of different things. Um, but specifically in the animal care at an aquarium, um, you can kind of specialize or kind of focus um, on some different things. And it also depends on how your facility runs and what they need you to take care of and things like that. Um, at my job, we kind of I get to take care of a wide range of animals. I don't have uh, really a specialty, but um, we do have opportunities to kind of dive deeper into what we're interested in. So some of those um, things might just be certain types of fish um, or reptiles um, or something like coral that takes a lot more um, detailed attention, um, jellyfish breeding, um, and then there's birds and mammals. Um, maybe aquaculturing, getting, getting things like fish to breed and multiply um, is something that happens just like it does um, with the birds and mammals and people like that in our field. So kind of a hard question to answer, but um, there's a lot of options. <laughs> Lots of options. I guess I wonder how people just start to think about getting a job. I wonder if it's more like I want to work at an aquarium or in a, or a zoo or like how do I mm -hmm. become employed at such an organization? Is that kind of how you got started with all of this or did you just really get interested in a conservation as a whole? Um, it's kind of both and it's different for everybody I think. Um, we get a lot of people kids that go through our summer camps and then our aqua teen program and then our volunteer program that probably through that think that I want to work at an aquarium because I've seen how it is and all of that um or for me it was kind of just I knew I wanted to work with animals but also be um, a part of conservation at the same time and I had no clue how I was going to do that or where I would find that um but the internship kind of just uh showed itself and I was like well that's a pretty pretty exact way to accomplish those goals and then um yeah once I started as a volunteer as an intern um it just it just fit really well so I think it's different for everybody but for me it's a little bit of both that's so cool <laughs> I definitely was one of those kids that did all the aquarium programs and <laughs> camp that's for awesome. nine years I don't even that know is amazing. How I did that so many times and I, I did the whole shindig where you like sleep next to the shark tank on oh my gosh, the last night of camp. And so <laughs> I just have so many uh, vivid memories um, of my childhood that are probably just going to continue to bubble up throughout this. Oh, that's, that's so great. <laughs> <laughs> what does the typical career progression look like? Um, I guess starting, does it start as an aquarist? Uh, I guess um, for your career path that you're on specifically. Right. So that's a good question. Um, it's another thing that kind of is different depending on where you are. Um, they might have different titles for the same type of job. Um, but as far as aquariums, the kind of across the board, it's an aquarist is the people that are taking care of the fish. Um, and most of the time they're reptiles. But uh, in our case, um, you could start part-time um, and work your way up, which is what I did since I started never having worked at an aquarium before, and I started as a volunteer. 
um, slash intern, or you could come from another facility um, with pre-existing experience. Um, so you could start as an Aquarist, and then from there, um, you can just become an Aquarist too, senior Aquarist, and then at that point, you can kind of be a senior Aquarist and then decide maybe what to focus on or um, you just start taking on more responsibilities and then above that it's curator and administrative um, positions but the goal for me um, at least short term is to get to senior Aquarist um, and just be have that as the career. Pretty cool title. <laughs> how many years is it if there is a general answer between each promotion bump? Um, it's really hard um, to say, and it, it's different for each person and each facility again, um, but a couple of years, I would say, um, and it depends on the person, um, how, how fast they learn, um, if they are wanting that um, as their goal, or, or if it's just a temporary job for them or something like that um but a couple of years so um i started as an intern and then two and a half ish maybe years later i became an aquarist so that's kind of a good um interval of time i would say as a estimation mm -hmm. what i'm very excited to dig into this question what are some <laughs> common misconceptions that surround working at an aquarium um so i can imagine there's probably a lot um but the biggest ones that i come to mind right away is is of course like i just get to play and hang out with animals all day which is the best part of the job but obviously not the biggest part of the job um uh there's a whole whole lot um, that I think people don't realize they go into obviously taking care of an animal as simple as like having a pet at home but taking care of um, fish uh, for one is a whole lot different and then on such a big scale and then how many animals we have um, and just all that goes into it as far as maintaining um, life support systems and make sure making sure nutrition um, is top-notch and then just maintaining the actual facility itself too. We have to do a lot of behind the scenes um, work like that. And then there's some public speaking and diving and just different things that go into it. Um, and then another one that I can think of is of course uh, that we're just displaying animals for money and for entertainment. I think that's obviously the biggest misconception um, for most uh, accredited zoos and aquariums. Um, there's a big difference between facilities that have um, permits and all these accreditations um, and then maybe just like a zoo or roadside zoo. There's there's a lot of differences um, and it depends where you go, um, what the what the goal of each of those places are. But for us, um, for most zoos and aquariums, um, like I said, it's not about money and it's not about entertainment. Um, it really is about getting people up close and personal to these animals that they would probably never encounter in their life. Um, and just uh, get them to appreciate, um, what's the word, biodiversity um, <laughs> that we have in this world and obviously get them to appreciate nature and everything that it's given us. Um, and most importantly, we want them to see how important it is to support conservation um, and kind of our duty to just be stewards of our planet um, and protect the creatures that live on it. Um, so that really is our, our biggest thing and that 
the way to get people to see the importance of that and to appreciate those things is getting them to see what it looks like up close um, and to hear those presentations and to see those animals do really great things and just um, have their natural behaviors be um, emphasized. So uh, yeah, I think, I think that's really probably the biggest one. Yeah, definitely. That it's not, you really have a purpose as an organization, as the accredited aquarium. It's not just for entertainment and camps and certainly nonprofit. It's to help us be more aware so we could care for the, have a lot more purpose as we care for the planet. Um, And then also conservation efforts. And I know that probably do some really important um, well, I don't know if I'm saying this right, but like breeding or like making sure that um, endangered species are able to continue. Yeah, that's, um, thank you. That's exactly what I was going to kind of mention next. Um, so a whole ton of the money that is made um, through the aquarium, of course, goes to maintaining the building and taking care of employees, but a huge chunk of it goes directly to um, conservation projects and research that really are happening in real time. Um, around the world. And then the facilities itself um, are there and available in case of some sort of emergency or animals that are close to being critically endangered or extinct. There's a facility ready and able to take care of those last few. Um, And we do have uh, species survival programs. SSP is actually a thing um, that aquariums and zoos um, take part in. And yeah, that is... um, trying to get uh, specific animals to breed um, so that their population does stay stable. Um, And so I see a lot of that um, specifically with birds. Um, There's a lot of that, those programs um, with birds. And so basically I'm just saying if if we didn't have these big facilities and the resources and the money that they um, produce, a lot of that research and um, the maintaining of some of those species would be a lot harder. Yeah, definitely. I'm very excited to ask you about your day in the life. I've just okay. chomping <laughs> at the bit too. <laughs> like even before I reached out to see if you wanted to do an interview, I was like, I just want to know what your day in the life What is the day like? like? Yeah. So you roll up to work at like what time is, and then your tasks like is it a lot of cleaning or like mm-hmm. balancing levels on the aquarium tank I don't even know I just <laughs> can't wait for you to answer this question okay so might actually be the hardest question to answer because there is so much um so many different things that I can't even like think of on the spot um but a typical day we work regular um hours seven or eight to four or five um we do have to somewhat be ready um on the weekend or off the clock to be called if something were to go wrong um so I have had to go in in the middle of the night and fix a valve or or make sure that something was okay um or we might have to um work different schedules just with people being on vacation or gone because there always has to be in a an appropriate amount of people there to take care of the animals so our schedules do change but mainly we work 40 hours, eight to five. Um, and so in my department, we're each in charge of a set of exhibits that we have in the animals that are in those exhibits. And so um, daily, of course, we're feeding those animals and cleaning um, that tank or that exhibit for 
the health of the animals and then of course for the public everything has to be spotless um, and look perfect um, just to maintain like I said their their habitat and also um, for the for the public to see them in the best way possible um, there's a lot of yeah cleaning um, maintaining the life support and when I say that it's just a lot of like backwashing filters um, replacing pumps, uh, things like that. Um, there's lots of different filters um, that are used. So that might mean like a whole lot of different things, cleaning the filter, depending on the system and what lives in there. Um, diving, we do a lot of diving. We have a dive department that does most of it, but we're also all certified and we're jumping in there to help clean mostly um, here and there. And then we might also dive to catch a fish that maybe needs to move to another tank or something like that. So, um, yeah, we have shows that we're doing. We're presenting um, about sea turtles and stingrays, and we have a show in front of our big tank where we're just talking about all the animals that are in there. Um, we have quarantine, so there's animals getting medications and things like that. And then beyond that, there's just a lot of like, um, problem solving and what can we do to make this the best and how can we fix this and a lot of uh, really having to observe um, the animals so that you can catch something right away um, if somebody starts acting weird or anything like that. Um, with so many animals you really have to be on your toes um, and ready to change something or just be, be aware um, of how the animals should be acting and um, things like that so that you can really know um, that they're thriving day to day. Yes. Oh, I, <laughs> A okay. little all over the place, but. No, definitely not. Hey there, if you're listening to this episode right now, it's probably because you're somewhere on the range of mildly curious to high-key desperate to find a career path that will be an amazing, rewarding, and exciting fit for you if indeed you are still holding out hope that that's even possible, which I can assure you is completely possible as I've given dozens of Christians, one, a reformed view of work from mundane responsibility to actually the joyful gift that it is, two, help identifying their unique calling, and three, the help they need to practically land the job that's aligned with it. If it sounds like a dream to have a tried and true career coach come alongside you to help you confidently discern which career path you're called to pursue amidst the infinite sea of options that are so overwhelming, as well as help you nail all the practicals like networking, resumes, interviews, and negotiations to save you a load of time, stress, and dead-end job applications that are just seemingly such a common experience. They don't have to be. If any of that sounds extremely exciting, then I want to invite you to apply for my deep dive career coaching experience. Go to my website, kelseykemp.com coaching to learn more and book a free 30 minute consultation with me this week to objectively evaluate if this opportunity is the perfect fit to help you work through whatever might be holding you back so you could fulfill the vision and hopes you have for your career. I want to let you know I only work with people who are ready to go deep, 
do the work and actually make a change once the path is made clear to them. So if that sounds like you and if you're serious and if you're ready to accelerate your path to building a meaningful and impactful career aligned with who God uniquely made you to be and what he put on your heart to do, then go to kelseykemp.com coaching to book a free consultation with me this week and learn more. Okay, now back to the episode. Now I want to ask like a little bonus question. Do you have That's a fine. animal that you take care of? <laughs> uh, yeah. So I obviously there's so many great, great ones like sea turtles, the sharks, the stingrays, like they're all fascinating. But um, I do particularly enjoy um, the giant Pacific octopus that we have. And then also we have an iguana um, that I have the privilege of working with and sort of trying to train currently. So those are probably my two favorites. How do you train in iguana? Like, <laughs> I'm sure that wasn't a part of the curriculum at a and It <laughs> like, absolutely okay. was not. Um, and our, our bird and mammal team has a little more experience with like actual training. Um, and it's not, not training him to do anything crazy. It's just a more of, um, food motivated type of type yeah. of things getting her to come I said him it's a her um come to me and get fed so that if we ever had to um transport her to like a vet checkup or anything like that it would just be easier um with that trust um involved instead of having to um grab her and make it more of a traumatizing event um so yeah <laughs> mainly just uh feeding and um creating that familiarity uh, between us. That is so cool. If it's the same <laughs> octopus, I definitely remember that dude <laughs> from my last visit. What are some of your favorite parts about your job? Um, <clears throat> so that would be one of them is working with uh, the iguana and a lot of other reptiles that we have um, that I was never like afraid of or not a fan of before, but wasn't like you know, a, a fanatic. And now I like really like reptiles. So um, working with them is really great. And then of course, just getting to actually see close up um, the public and, and, and like children's reactions to things and walking by and hearing conversations between parents and their kids and just um, the questions that I get from people um, just really make me feel like they're getting it and the whole goal um that we have really does work um by having them come see the animals so just just uh seeing the inspiration that um that happens there that's so sweet <laughs> now, on the opposite side of the coin what if you could do without it you would you know a little bit less glamorous about the job of course so um <laughs> so of course uh, animals make messes. So <laughs> you've got to clean up the messes, if you know what I mean. Um, especially with the larger animals and the reptiles, uh, and animals like that. So that's obviously not my favorite part of the day. Um, and we have a lot of diet prep. So with all those animals, we have tons of meals to make, which really for us is chopping a lot of frozen fish and shrimp and clam and squid and things like that, which has really become second nature but I'm still you know chopping raw fish every day so that's not the funnest part um but obviously absolutely necessary so 
Yeah, I can imagine. Wow, everything that you're saying about the animal care, I'm just thinking about on the much tinier scale caring for my cats and I'm like oh word yes I hate yeah. their litter box litter, of course it's like <laughs> that's the reason people that don't have cats don't have cats <laughs> yeah. mainly <laughs> yeah plus some other prejudices that I don't Correct. think are yeah. cool yeah um, but, uh, what type of person do you feel would be a great fit for this job um so I guess, okay, so you, you've got to be passionate because, um, like I said, there's a lot of dirty work and behind-the-scenes um, work that goes on um, that's really taxing um, mentally, physically, emotionally um, that you really, you really tolerate because you love the job and you love the animals and what, um, what the whole point of it all is. So you've got to be passionate about all of that. Um, of course, um, determined. Uh, there's a lot of things that come at you unexpectedly that you've got to be patient with and um, a lot of troubleshooting and things like that. So I guess just just good in a, not a crisis, but good and good with change, good with uh, rolling with it, um, good team player. Uh, you have to really work with your team, um, especially just with things regarding the larger animals and things that take um, everybody's participation. Um, yeah, just patient, observant. Um, yeah, and, and this kind of ties into the less glamorous thing. You've got to be able to deal with when things do go wrong. I mean, animals do pass away and you do, you wow. do get to care about them. So there's that, um, there's that too, but you just have to be I guess in a nutshell, passionate and hardworking, <laughs> yeah. which I think probably applies to most uh, jobs. So, mm -hmm. but of course, in a special way with animal care, I, as you were saying, detail oriented. Mm -hmm. Of course, like so many people in a desk job, their manager would say, "Yeah, you got to be really detail oriented about your spreadsheet, right. or whatever." But for you to be detail oriented enough to notice um like if an animal is a little bit more lethargic like you have to mm -hmm. be so sim um like i don't know what the word is like really in tune with your animals to make sure totally that they're okay i'm thinking mm -hmm. of my mom because she um, fosters cats and mm -hmm. how laser focused she has to be on kittens because they could turn um, in the first couple of weeks of life, like really, right. really quickly. And in uh -huh. she'll notice you should be eating now, not like 45 minutes from now. Like she's mm -hmm. so sensitive towards it. So mm -hmm. um, it's really cool how that detailed oriented nature is just so different uh, or it takes on a different light when you're working with animals. Um, so I'm excited to hear about what are the skills and strengths and um, talents you feel like are best suited to the job. Um. You have to be a fast learner, um, able to be fast paced, quite literally, um, speed walking mm. around all day um, to get things done type of thing. <laughs> um, just good on your toes, flexible. Um, I feel like patience and being observant um, are skills. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't know, just able to, able to take in a lot of information at once and retain retain it all and um and then continue to learn more every day um so what would you suggest to someone who wants to get their foot in the door um it's all it's all about experience so of course education uh, most most places 
um, for a job in our department will probably require a degree. Um, maybe not specifically a, a wildlife or marine biology degree, um, but that type of experience is definitely um, pretty pertinent. So just volunteering, um, I think really is the number one tip um, for people is um, volunteering because then you are getting a sense of the job and the field and then those those folks are also getting a sense of you and that puts you up there on um, on the list of people they might want to hire maybe in front of someone that they don't know at all so mm -hmm. and then when you start the job you've already been doing it and so um, you're just that much more ahead um, in a new situation um, and then getting experience in multiple places if you can because then you've got a lot of different um knowledge to bring to it and um just knowing just the more you can know and do um as far as volunteering and experiences uh i think yeah the best thing i can say if you know from your colleagues perspective and you know of course your own do you have a sense for how much volunteer experience is needed before it might be about average, like you're, you're able to get a full-time paid position? Um, yeah, I don't know. Cause it's not, um, it's not like a thing that I know of at most places that you have to check off. Like you must have this. I just think it puts you a little bit, um, a little bit aside from people that don't have experience. Um, uh just coming in with a little more knowledge than zero basically um so i don't really know the answer to that um i think if you have just shown and even if it's volunteering or experience in other fields i think if you can just show that you've made the effort um yeah i don't know i don't i don't think there's you don't have to have pages and pages but that's good but depending on the facility maybe they need um somebody with a reptile background and you volunteered somewhere like that or you volunteered at a a fish store or a um rehabilitation center or something like that um or they might just want to see that you've um tried anything so I don't really know um yeah. I wouldn't say you need to spend three years volunteering and interning before you're applying for jobs um but I would think one or two experiences like that would at least um spice up your resume a little bit definitely <laughs> i'm guessing uh, if anyone's listening who feels like they have a budding dream to work at a zoo or an aquarium maybe the next best step for them i'd love to get your input on this my maybe it's to actually reach out to someone who works at that facility that they might be dreaming of working at and seeing what's average for your group or um like would you recommend or what do you recommend versus require versus what are yeah. you just looking for in terms of experience are you looking for a, t a certain degree mm -hmm. maybe is different for different facilities yeah um, and i think that's a great idea um reaching out is always the more you know and then if you're interested in that particular place they might remember she called a long time ago wanting to know what it is that we're looking for um and I mean, I would say yes, I'd say use those resources, call the place, ask them what they're looking for, um, and have a better idea for sure, definitely. Yeah, that, <laughs> I always recommend that because it's amazing how 
I guess this technique is called like informational interviews, really like making connections, having yeah. like a coffee chat with someone basically or mm-hmm. over the phone or in person, just to ask a couple questions, make sure that you're clear on what they're looking for in candidates and what it would actually take to work there. Or if you actually do want to work there, <laughs> yeah. you know, get all your questions out there um, and clear that up. So everything's known. It doesn't just get your questions answered. It also keeps you top of mind so that, um, literally that becomes the difference between a stack of pretty anonymous resumes mm-hmm. and yours going to the top. A familiar face, right. And really I think me personally, um, I ask a lot of questions always. So I, I just, I always think that it's, it doesn't hurt to ask. Um, so especially if it's just advice or, um, yeah, just, um, I think it's most of the time appreciated um, rather than not. Wise words. I wish more people <laughs> would just be like you and ask, like if you have something on your mind, right? go right. ahead, get it out there. It certainly uh, does people well in all, all sorts of phases, especially the job search. Mm-hmm. So yes. to wrap it up, I love asking if there's any story or anything that you really feel like was the kicker that made you the candidate like the the girl for the job like how did you get it you know experience or a connection that you had I um I have never asked uh any of my teammates that that like were there working before um I joined but I really just having been there now and seeing all the all the interns and volunteers come through um I think it's just um eagerness I think might be the best word um eagerness to to work hard and get things done and also to learn um so the asking questions I would rather ask the question and know the right answer than make a mistake um and just always willing to help so eager to learn and willing to help um because like I said there's a lot of teamwork involved so being that team member that's going to be there always to help um everybody else and and then again eager to learn and progress in my own um kind of lane but that's what I am guessing because I was so eager and I was so excited because I immediately just liked it so much I was like I have to work here so I'm just gonna work as hard and fast as I can um to try and make that happen so Oh, that is so cool. And I could definitely see how that made you the girl for the job. Well, <laughs> thank you. Jenna, thank you so much for demystifying so many <laughs> curiosities. I yes, have about I hope. What it's like to work at an aquarium. It's always more eloquent in my head, but I hope it came out um, um, un- in an understandable way. Oh, it was perfect. Thank you so much. If anything about the career path featured in this episode piqued your interest, don't stop here. Take what you've learned, critically examine any follow-up questions you might have, and network to your heart's content to get the answers that you'd like, as well as make meaningful contacts with professionals in that industry that might be able to help you get your foot in the door. If you have a friend who would love all the detailed insider info shared in this episode, don't forget to pass this episode along to them so we could create a network of people who are empowered with the information they need to confidently make satisfying career decisions that allow them to serve in the station in society they were meant for. Thank you to everyone who has supported this labor of love known as the Job Library by leaving a rating and a written review of this podcast. 
It sincerely makes all the difference to a budding podcast like this one. If you'd like to support the show, just join in by tapping the stars to leave a really quick rating, and better yet, write a few words to leave a written review and subscribe. I hope you enjoy the other Bingeable episodes now available to you in the Job Library series, and tune in next Tuesday for a fresh batch of interviews with professionals in fascinating, unique, and influential positions. See you soon.